This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up? Real MVPs, Ricky Widmer here, along with not the Mark Weber this week. I am here with the one, the only, Brandon Swanee Swanson. Dub them ease. And we're dubbing them ease this week because this is not the primetime podcast, Brandon. This is the onside kick. And if you are listening to my beautiful voice right now, you're thinking to yourself, Ricky, there are two things wrong right now. The first one is I can't see you or Mark. And the second thing is, where is Mark? Mark is not here for a second week. You promised me Mark last week. Well, I didn't promise you Mark. I don't think I did. If I did, I'm sorry. But Mark is not here. He said work is too hard. So Brandon graciously was like, hey, Ricky, I can fill in, but I'm going to still be at home like I was yesterday for the primetime podcast. So it is a phoner this week. No video for both the PTP and the TOK, but we got a jam-packed show nonetheless for you guys. And before I get into that, a little bit of housekeeping here at the beginning. Make sure to please check out patreon.com backslash Podcast in order to help support the channel. We're going to be having Pat, Matt, Z, Jake on some future podcasts again because we missed the patrons in September. We got to catch up with that in October and November. If you want to make sure to be like a patron and be on a podcast, check it out down below in the description. You can also support MVP by getting yourself an MVP t-shirt. That is also in the description or you can see it at mostvaluablepodcasts.com where you can catch MVP each and every day. And then last but not least, please go over to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and give The Onside Kick a five-star rating. It would really mean the world to us. But Brandon, got a jam-packed show here in the realm that we call the NFL. If I did not mention The Onside Kick, this is where we talk about the biggest stories in the NFL each and every week. We're going to be looking at the Steelers, Le'Veon Bell. It has been reported, I'm going to say, that he will return not this week, but next Monday he will report for the Steelers and be back in action. We're also going to take a look at the Raiders. Are they going to trade Amari Cooper? If they do, which teams could be looking at Amari Cooper? Then before we make our picks to wrap up the podcast, we're going to take a look at my kiss of death, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and kind of decide will they make or will they miss the playoffs entirely this season. But Brandon, let's dive into this first topic. Le'Veon Bell, and at first I did not believe it, um, but great uh, work by Jonathan Sturowitz, who he tweeted out today with a picture of him and Le'Veon Bell to kind of prove, hey guys, I really did talk to him. He said, just bumped into Le'Veon Bell working out in Miami, can confirm that he will be back at practice and rejoin the Steelers this Monday. So at first I want to ask you, before we get into trades or anything of that sort, I want to ask you, do you really believe this, that Le'Veon will be back in the Steelers facility next Monday getting ready for their first game following the bye? Yeah, I think he will. I I think he'll be back with the team. The, The bigger thing is, what, what's going to happen from here, right? Because James Conner has shown himself to be a legitimate 
NFL starting running back. And also, you also you, you obviously also look at Le'Veon Bell, and he's already shown for years that he is a legitimate threat at running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers and possibly for anybody else. The thing here is, is that you've got, if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, you've got a really tough situation. Because you, if Bell comes back, it's going to be expected that he's going to be in the starting lineup and he's going to have the lion's share of the carries and the snaps. Mm-hmm. But to have a guy with so much production like James Conner sitting on the bench, that's tough. So it really does come down to, at the end of the day, I almost think one guy has got to go. One guy has got to go, but like I talked about a little bit yesterday when we were doing the primetime podcast and we were talking about the draft and where, what teams are thinking because I had put uh, a couple of running backs in, in, in my tops, it's because I, I guess I look at that and I think, well, you know what? It's almost good to have another guy behind you because look at what just happened with Le'Veon Bell. Mm-hmm. What if there's an injury? What if there's this or that? Having another guy there on the roster as opposed to just some, you know, just some random backup, that's, that's another interesting thing. So um, I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens, but I do think that he will be back with the team come Monday. Yeah, and for me, I think that the Steelers are at a – I want to say double-edged sword with this one. And the reason why I say that is they have a choice that they have to make. On one side, they're going to have the choice of, all right, he comes back and we use both James Conner and Le'Veon Bell in order to try to A, win this division, B, make the playoffs, C, win a Super Bowl because Le'Veon was quoted earlier this year saying that that is still the goal, to win a Super Bowl with this Steeler team. And then on the other side, you have the other option of trading him. And the reason why I say the other side of trading him, because I forgot to mention, if you do keep him this year and use him to try to win a Super Bowl, it is most certainly, and I am, this is my opinion, I don't know Le'Veon Bell, I'm not inside Le'Veon Bell's head, but... I would put it at a 99.99999 repeating chance that Le'Veon Bell will be on a different team next year if the Steelers don't trade him this year. That is option one. Keep him, hope you win this year, he walks, or trade him now and get something for him. And the reason why I'm not sure exactly what the Steelers should do, I know I'm leaning one way more than another, But the reason why I'm not sure what the Steelers should do is because of James Conner. Overall, has he had a really good year? Yes. Seven touchdowns so far through the first, what did they, one, two, three, four, five, six. So he's averaging more than a touchdown a game. He's already at 453 yards on the year. However, there have only been three games that James Conner has basically lit it up where game one against Cleveland, his coming out party, he had 135 yards, yes, on 31 carries, but got into the end zone twice as well. Then he had three games that were kind of pedestrian, where, yes, against the Ravens and the Chiefs, they only used him eight or nine times, and he got about 17 to 19 yards. Yes, against KC, he did get into the end zone. 
And then against Tampa on 15 carries, only 61 yards. Whereas the last two, we've seen 100-yard performances around 110, 111 for him, (laughs) and he's had a pair of touchdowns in each game. So, like, my question, and this kind of influences which one you go with, and I'll ask you, Brandon, do you think that James Conner, these last two games are going to be a trend that he's going to continue what he's done? Or do you think there's a chance that there could be like a stretch of two, three games during a year where he could go back to that KC through Baltimore time where it's like, yeah, he's going to be sub five or sub 100 in the game. He might get a touchdown. He might not. What do you think is going to happen with James Conner moving forward with his production after the bye? I think James Conner is a good NFL running back. I, I do. And I think he's proven that he can be a starting running back. But I think a lot of the times for James Conner, it's been kind of the game script for him mm-hmm. and, and where the Steelers are in that game. Um, for, you know, for, for, for Baltimore, obviously the game script was they were going to have to throw a whole lot more um, and, uh, and, and to, to try and get back into that game. With Kansas City, they were having to throw a whole lot, um, and uh, it was a, a whole lot more of Big Ben uh, being the kind of the focal point in that one, and not necessarily the running back or the running game, whoever it, it was in that one. You probably see Le'Veon Bell uh, be a little bit more involved there just because of how good of a pass-catching running back he is. I don't think that we're going to see James Conner be this guy who lights it up every single week. I don't think that's going to happen, but I do think that he, he's a guy who could, who could turn in a number of 100 yard performances uh, with a touchdown or a couple of touchdowns uh, a couple of times a year. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think definitely he could do that. He's good enough. He's shown it. He's shown that he can. Uh, Now, you know, some of them are coming against, uh, you know, not great defenses, but I, I, I think James Conner's a, a, a good running back. He has shown that he's a, a really good complement. What will most likely now be, a, if Le'Veon does come back and he's in the, into the starting lineup, what will be a good complement to, to Le'Veon Bell. But I just think that he's good enough where he could be starting somewhere else mm-hmm. or he could be starting with Pittsburgh. And that's where I kind of go to agree with you on your point of, Le'Veon Bell does come back, he does report, and he goes through the rest of this season. He's not going to be with Pittsburgh next season. I, I don't see how that's going to happen. I, I think that there's a lot of I hurt feelings, I think, in that mm-hmm. locker room with him. I think that there's a number of guys who feel betrayed. And, you know, now they're adults. You, you like to think that they could put that aside, and, and they, they're looking forward to, to trying to win a Super Bowl which is something that they still can do, especially with their win this past weekend against Cincinnati. I mean, that mm-hmm. certainly keeps them alive in the division. But it's, uh, it's going to be something where I don't necessarily know if all these guys are, are going to be getting along. They'll, they'll probably try and put out the, 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 the nice face, the smiles, if they can, in public and for the media. Mm-hmm. Because that's, I mean, that's going to be questions. You know, how, how are things now that Le'Veon's back? Oh, they're great. They could suck. We don't know. You know, if they're if they're putting on a good face, but if if things aren't good, it could be where yeah, Le'Veon's back, but we're still going to try and trade you if we get a good deal for you. But 
the, the deal for the deal for Le'Veon Bell, it's gonna it, it's gonna be it would be interesting because it's gonna have to go to a team that's got the cap room, and it's gonna have to go to a team that is willing to give up exactly what Pittsburgh wants, which I think that you know if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, you probably ask for. I mean, are you asking for a first round? Are you asking for a couple of second rounds? And, a, and, and I think, what was it, a, a quote-unquote good player? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I think Pittsburgh is, is, is justified in asking for that, but it'll be really interesting to see what happens because if the Steelers are feel really good, and I know Big Ben feels really good about what James Conner has done for the Steelers in Bell's absence, how how confident under the Steelers that they can move forward with kind of James Conner as the future running back separating from Le'Veon Bell. Well, and for me, the thing that I am looking at, and this is where we'll transfer into what the main topic is. I, before I say this, I want to clarify. I am not Mike Tomlin. I am not general manager of the Steelers. I am not the owner of the Steelers. So when I come at this opinion, I am not coming, and I'm also not a fan of the Steelers. So I'm not coming at it with black and yellow goggles. I'm not coming at it with kind of some false, I'm going to say false expectations um, of what this year can be. I'm going to tell you exactly what's going to happen this year to the Pittsburgh Steelers once Le'Veon comes back. Because to me, One of two things is going to happen. Option one, I'll tell you the least likely first. Le'Veon comes back. What you just said is true. There are hurt feelings in the locker room. We know how this locker room is. They They are a reflection of the coach and the personality of the coach that they have. So, of course, this might happen. It's going to blow up in their face. And this locker room is going to blow up. They'll be a wild card or miss the playoff. Like I said. Least likely to happen scenario, but I won't rule it out. What I think will happen, though, Bell comes back. If he plays the whole year with them, they will be a playoff team. They first off, their first challenge will be the Kansas City Chiefs. And they I'll say 75 25 that they'll lose that game. So 75 percent of the Chiefs. But there's still a chance for the Steelers to win that game because of Andy Reid playoffs. Ha 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 joke. But the other one is this Steeler team is not getting past the Patriots. Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, they have the Steeler number. They're not going to beat the Patriots in the playoffs. So to me, there's no Super Bowl for the Steelers this year. So in that sense, I am leaning towards trade them, get something out of them, you and I both agree he's gone at the end of the year anyways because it's one of those, well, you don't want to pay me. You don't, A, I would feel like, A, you don't respect me and don't want to pay me what I'm worth. B, do you even care about, like, there, I'll boil it down to what you said, hurt feelings. So if I was the Steelers, I'd be trying to work out a trade. I'd be trying to get what I can for Le'Veon so that I am not losing out on Le'Veon and not getting anything back for him in return because I know he's going to walk in the preseason. And I'm going to throw out one the one team that if they have not been on the phone with the Steelers, they should be on the phone with the Steelers from now until the trade 
deadline to get a deal done. I'm going to throw this team at you to see what you think. The Philadelphia Eagles should be on the phone with the Steelers trying really hard to get Le'Veon Bell on their team. I think you're right. I think that that the Eagles would be silly if they're not. I mean, if they were, and and I don't think that this was ever confirmed, but if they were even kicking the tires on LaShawn McCoy, they should should certainly be kicking the tires on Le'Veon Bell. I mean, LaShawn McCoy is a guy who's, you know, towards the end of his career, while Le'Veon Bell seems to be, you know, right in the midst of his, and a guy who still has plenty in the tank. I mean, he still hasn't even gotten that that long, lucrative contract, which is why we're at this situation that we are today. Mm-hmm. The the Eagles would be silly not to. They they had a big win against the Giants. They I think the Eagles now feel maybe they never didn't feel this way, but um, they certainly now feel like they have a very good opportunity uh, in the East. They yes, they saw Washington win over the Carolina Panthers, but. They also saw Washington lose to the Saints that, you know, Washington can be beat. They've won a couple of big games, but they can compete with the Redskins. It's all going to be, you know, when Washington matches up with them. But the guy that would really help would be Le'Veon Bell. Corey Clement and Wendell Smallwood and Darren Sproles when he comes back. That's a, a, a dynamic group with everything that they bring, but it's not Le'Veon Bell. The three of them combined is not even close to Le'Veon Bell, and they they want to go they want to go back to another to another Super Bowl. Does Philly, and they've gotten a lot of flack. I mean, this is this is Philadelphia. The fans they love you for a minute, and then you do something wrong, and they've all of a sudden hated you. Um, so they they want to try and do everything they can to get back there and get back to that point. And getting Le'Veon Bell would certainly certainly help and it would make their run for the rest of the season to to win the east and then get back to the playoffs and potentially get back to the super bowl a whole lot more realistic than what it might be right now now i'm gonna throw this out at you and i know steeler fans this probably won't land well with steeler fans but this is what i'm thinking if the eagles were to trade for Le'Veon Bell, what about a package of, because like you said, the Steelers want first, first seconds or like a not big name player, but a quality name player. What if they threw a package of Nick Foles and like a f- draft picks, but the big pick either being a first round or a second round pick to the Steelers and basically the Steelers saying, like, hey, you know, we'll take Nick Foles because what if, first off, they don't have, to me, a quality backup behind Big Ben, and we know he's had injury history, but two, every single year since, like, two years ago, we've been asking the same thing with Big Ben after he made the comments about maybe walking away of, like, hey, you know what? I might retire after a few, like, I might retire. I don't know if this will be my last year. So would that be a smart deal for the Steelers to trade Le'Veon for basically Nick Foles and a couple draft picks? See, the thing with, with that is I, I, don't, I don't think that that does a whole lot for the, the Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers in terms of the player. 
I don't think that 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 doesn't that doesn't do much mm-hmm. for for me if I if I'm the Steelers if I'm looking for a player and right now for Pittsburgh, you know maybe and, and you know I'm I'm just kind of you know spitballing a little bit with with the Eagles but maybe someone from that from that defense mm-hmm. because what's what's Pittsburgh you know kind of been been lacking this year. And, and well, they've been lacking Le'Veon Bell, but they've also been lacking, in my opinion, they've been lacking defense, and that has been something that's that's really hurt them. So I would be if if it's if it, you know if we're we're putting a hypothetical together, I'd be asking for somebody on that defense of of Philadelphia, not necessarily that offense. I'd be looking for a for a good quality defensive guy in return. What position defensively do you like? Do you have someone in mind? Is it like, um, are we talking like defensive line, linebacker, or secondary that you're looking to well, target if you're the Steelers? Well, I was going to say for the Steelers, I think that they could probably use some some more pass rush and somebody in the secondary. There's just been a lot of big plays that have been given up uh, against them, at least at this point in the season. I mean, in that, I, I go and point back to that Tampa Bay game. It was just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. We know Tampa Bay's defense isn't good. Uh, clearly, um, as uh, they just fired their defensive coordinator this week. Mm-hmm. But we also saw that Pittsburgh's defense wasn't that good either. So I would say either you know an, another addition to the pass rush or somebody in the secondary. Now, I'm going to spitball here as well, and I'm kind of – usually people don't like when I do this, but I'm going to do it anyways – I'm concocting a trade here, but it's not with the Philadelphia Eagles. It is not with the Eagles. It is with a different team in the AFC, and I want to pull up their schedule really quick because their season in the next, let's say, well, they got their bye. So in the next game, their season, they'll have to make a decision of whether or not they'll be a team to make the playoffs and have a later pick or miss the playoffs and have a not so <laughs> a lower pick. But I'm looking at the Tennessee Titans. And here's what I'm looking at right now. Games before the October 30th deadline, they have this Sunday against the Chargers. So they play the Chargers, then they're on their bye, then there's the trade deadline. Right now they are three and three. Let's say they right now, let's say they beat the Chargers hypothetically. And Houston beats Jacksonville. This could be a team going into their bye, then going into the trade. Well, even after the trade deadline, they could be four and three at the top of the division, depending on what happens between Houston and Jacksonville this week. But then also Houston, if they win, they got to play Miami the next week. This could be a team that is at the top of the division having to make a choice. And in my mind, Deion Lewis has not been exactly what the Titans have wanted. And you would have to answer if you think that Derrick Henry is like, all right, he's going to be our main guy for the Titans. But I think they can make a trade where it's like you mentioned pass rush or safety. I look at the Titans and Titan fans may not like this, but what if it's a deal where they go, okay, our goal is to make the playoffs with a guy like Le'Veon in this offense that would boost our chances of winning this AFC South 
that surprisingly after six games, seven weeks of the season, is up for grabs. Like, we all expected, all right, Jacksonville will probably be a one-loss, two-loss team, most likely one loss. They're going to be the dominant team in this division, and this division has played suit to what it usually is. We're going to be a wide-open division. What about a trade of Logan Ryan and a first-round pick and then – an additional pick, like late round pick. So Steelers would get a first, a late round, and Logan Ryan. And the Titans would get probably like Le'Veon in a fourth or even just Le'Veon. What would you think of that deal if that went down before the trade deadline? Uh, something like that, I think that that would certainly make some sense. You look at the Tennessee Titans, they have the cap space. They would certainly be able to take on Le'Veon Bell. They certainly need the running game. It has been, it's been brutal. It's been brutal. Most things, when you say uh, Tennessee's offense have been brutal, there's not been much in terms of the passing game. There's been nothing on the ground. Marcus Mariota has, he's still not panning out here in the NFL. If you, if, I mean, if you ask me, uh, even if he has, I'm still going to tell you, I don't think he has, mm-hmm. um, at least to, to, to this point in his, in his still young career. They just their, their their offensive line is terrible, mm-hmm. um, uh, but at the same time, the Marcus Mariota he he's not doing enough to get rid of the football. I mm-hmm. mean, you, you're sacked eleven times against Ravens. Yes, they've got a good defense, but eleven times is a bit much. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that, I think that would make sense. I think that would make sense, but there's. There's a lot more. There's a lot more. Well, but the question I would ask is, does Le'Veon Bell, yes, he's, he would be a great addition, great addition. Anyone, any team would love to have him. But does that put him, put them over the hump to the point where we say, okay, well, they're clear favorites now. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't, if it doesn't, I don't want to say, is it still worth it? But that's where you, you, you almost, you, you would still take a look and say, well, if we still can't win this year, even with getting Levy on Bell, then maybe we maybe we just hold off and we wait to you know see what what we end up how we end up doing this year, and then go go from go from there. I mean, it, it depends on how aggressive you want to be and your general manager's kind of outlook and strategy for the team. Mm-hmm. Because for me. Le'Veon Bell is good, and that's actually when you said Tennessee Titans, that was one of the teams I was I was looking at, kind of solely for the fact that they have the cap room to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but is that going to put you over the top? I don't think it does. I don't think it does. I, I don't think the Titans will end up winning this division. Um, but it would. It, I mean, it helps them, but I don't think it ends up. Uh, putting them to the point where they, they end up winning this division and people go, wow, watch out for Tennessee now. They got Le'Veon Bell. Well, and my final thought on this is very simple. The teams that I've heard that could be in the mix for Le'Veon that makes sense to trade for them. There's about, what, four teams from the AFC, one from the NFC, the Dolphins, Jets, Titans, and Colts from the AFC, and the Eagles from the NFC. And here's just my simple thought about it. The Eagles make the most sense because out of these five teams, they have the best chance to make some noise in the playoffs and 
possibly get back to the Super Bowl with Le'Veon Bell. My next team would be the Titans, because if they can sign Le'Veon long-term, they're a team that could make some noise in this AFC South moving forward. And if you're going to make the playoffs for a second year in a row, maybe you can live giving up a playoff-type draft pick in order to get Le'Veon if he's going to sign with you long-term. The other ones make no sense to me because the Dolphins take your draft picks because you just got to build up and waiting for Tom Brady to leave. The Jets are not like you're not in win now mode. Sam Darnold's been good. You've got your future. Continue to build that team. And the Colts, you're one in five. You're going to be a top five pick. Keep that pick. Add defense to that team or add another offensive lineman, whatever you want. But I would probably add defense because you went with offensive line this past year early on. So for me, the only teams that I would look at, unless there's a dark horse somewhere, would be the Titans and the Eagles. What are your final thoughts on this before we move into a different trade topic in Amari Cooper? Well, my final thing is I think you're dead wrong on the Colts. I okay. think that the, 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 the team that makes the most sense in the AFC might actually be the Colts. Not necessarily for this year, as they're 1-5, and five, and I don't think they're mm-hmm. pulling themselves out of that hole anytime soon. But if you are the Colts, and you most likely are pulling yourself out of that hole, and you trade for Le'Veon Bell, then you've got your franchise quarterback, most likely considering that, you know, um, if everyone considers Andrew Luck to be healthy and he's healthy going forward, blah, 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 you've got your franchise quarterback. Mm-hmm. Then you've got your franchise running back. You've got T.Y. Hilton, who the Colts probably look at as, okay, you've got a franchise wide receiver. You know, you've got all, you kind of got your pieces now offensively. And where do the Colts need help? They need help on defense. So when they do have that high pick in the draft, they can go and they can get that, those defensive pieces. They could, you know, get a, a, you know, a piece on the offensive line. They would be in a really good position if they went and they got Le'Veon Bell because then you, you, the position that so many teams struggle with, uh, quarterback and running back, they would have locked up for a very long time. Here, the Colts, I think, could be getting back to the, to, to the days of when they were winning a lot, like when they had Peyton Manning. The reason why I say they're on the my last, though, is because in my mind, in order to get Le'Veon, I feel like the Steelers would want their 2019 pick. So you would get Le'Veon, but you wouldn't be able to add that defensive player or that tackle. Eh, I'm not. I'm still. I still wouldn't be worried about mm-hmm. it. They 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 give up um, a pick, whether it's a you know a second round pick, or they give up a first round pick. Whatever it might be, we've seen we've seen some absolute gold be picked up in the draft mm-hmm. in in rounds two or three and beyond. So it, it, it's still it's still not something that I think necessarily kills you if they're the mm-hmm. Colts. I think it makes sense for them if they're looking for the future. I think I'm I'm a little bit more in the sense of then of, of looking at it as like I said. Then you've got your quarterback, you've got your running back. You've got a lot of your offensive pieces, pieces that are that are all there and good and set solid, and then really all you have to look at is defense, and that's what you can focus on in the draft with whatever picks you do have. Well, this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you think down below in the comment section. What do you think about the Le'Veon Bell situation coming back for the Steelers? How will that play out? 
And then if a trade will happen, who is he going to be traded to? What teams do you want him to be traded to? What trades do you think make sense? Let us know about everything down below in that comment section. And Brandon, let's move on. Let's actually stay in the realm of uh, NFL trade rumors. And as we're two weeks to the trade deadline, usually nothing happens in the NFL. And I hate it because I love trades no matter what sport it is. Um, But I always love talking about possible trades for teams. And this story is actually coming to us from CBS Sports. And the Oakland Raiders have not been doing too well. They are one yeah, they're five. Bad. They're a horrible team. They are bad, to put it um, nicely or put it bluntly. Um, John Gruden's supposed to be the savior, and I even read an article headline today that was like, hey, uh, wasn't Derek Carr supposed to be better with John Gruden? What the hell's going on with that? Um, but the story coming out of CBS, and I'll read the exact quote from the article, and as CBS Sports NFL insider Jason Lacanfora reported on Sunday morning, everything is for sale in Oakland. The Raiders' trade to ship out Khalil Mack may have been only the beginning of desk chairs being tossed off the side of the Titanic as the team is actively shopping former first-round pick Carl Joseph, who has underperformed since being taken from West Virginia Also a possibility, former first-round pick Amari Cooper could be traded by the Raiders. And this was also reported by uh, Brandon's guy, Jay Glazer of Fox Sports. So the thing I'm going to ask you, Brandon, is if you want to talk a little bit about the Raiders and their dysfunction, go ahead because we could talk for days on that. But really, Will the Raiders trade Amari Cooper? And if so, which teams should be picking up the phone, calling big boy John, trying to get Amari Cooper on their team? Well, yeah, first I just want to say the Raiders have looked so sad. Um, it's, it's beyond the point of even funny anymore. They, they look like such a dysfunctional team from week to week. You don't know what you're going to get with Derek Carr. He comes out and he, you know, he plays the Browns and has this huge game. And then he comes out and he plays the Seattle Seahawks. You know, you would have thought the Legion of Boom was back together on that <laughs> Seattle defense. That's how bad Derek Carr looked. Jalen Richard, uh, the backup running back, was the leading receiver. So he screwed royally everyone in fantasy. Thanks, Derek. Um, but I, I think that right now the the Oakland Raiders are not going to be able to trade Amari Cooper if their asking price is a first-round pick. Now, I get Amari Cooper was a first-round talent back in 2015, the fourth overall pick. I get it. He was obviously well worth it. But you look at this now, and Cooper has consistently, consistently either led the league or been second in the league in drops. That's been one of the things that's been bad. His, you look at what he did last season and what he's already started off to this year. It, it, it is the same word that keeps coming up. It's inconsistent. And he's never been a big touchdown guy. I think the most touchdowns he's had in the season in his career is seven. And it's good. Don't get me wrong. But when you're talking about the elite, you're talking about the Antonio Browns, you're talking about the DeAndre Hopkins, you know, they've got double digit touchdown uh, catches in a mm-hmm. season, and Amari Cooper's not there yet. He's still, yes, a younger guy, younger receiver. But when is it that you look at him 
actually panning out to be what they expected him to be when they drafted him, drafted, drafted him, if I can get the word out of my mouth, as the fourth overall pick in 2015. He's not playing like he was the, uh, a number one draft pick at one point, let alone number four overall. And right now there's, there's no team, I don't think, that will be giving up a first-round pick for Amari Cooper, a guy now who's going into the concussion protocol. He got hit, a nasty hit, I might add, in the game against Seattle this past weekend and left the game, he, he, he wasn't going to return. So this is not something where I think the Oakland Raiders, unless they're asking Christ, comes down from a first-round pick. I don't think that there's, there's going to be anybody who's going to want to bring Amari Cooper on. It's just, a, it's just too steep of a price to ask. I am going to be a little bit on the other. I'm going to be on the other side of you, but not completely, if that makes any sense. Um, I'm on the other side from you in the fact that a first-round pick is not too steep depending on what first-round pick we are talking about. And for me, that comes down to if it's a first-round, if it's like first overall pick, yeah, it's way too steep for Amari Cooper. But if we're talking like a playoff-round pick, like a low mid-to-low 20s kind of a pick, all right, we could be talking here. And the reason why I say so is... There's one team that I'm going to bring up first that I think could be trading for or could be interested in an Amari Cooper trade. And before I say the team, I will say the interesting thing about the trade deadline this year and with teams is at this point in the year, teams have not separated themselves uh, completely from each other where there are still where it's like, For example, if the draft was today, Dallas would be the 13th overall pick, but in two weeks, they could be where Washington is, and then they're magically a 25th overall pick instead. So there's a lot of teams very close to each other at this point, but one team I'm going to throw out there is the Washington Redskins. And the reason why I am throwing them out there is because... They need a shot in the arm when it comes to wide receivers. They go out this past offseason and they go ahead and they get Alex Smith. Basically saying, we don't believe in, like, let's be honest, they never believed in Kirk Cousins. We knew it. They didn't have to tell us. But they officially said, we don't believe in Kirk Cousins. Alex Smith is going to be our guy. They went ahead and traded with the Chiefs to bring him in. Then they bring in Adrian Peterson, and both Smith and Peterson have looked good this year. And when you look at their wide receivers, Josh Doxson, they drafted him. He hasn't been exactly what they want him to be. Jamison Crowder is all right, and then they have Paul Richardson. Behind them, they've got like Maurice Harris, Brian Quick, and then Michael Floyd, who will never be where he was when he was his best with the Arizona Cardinals in my mind. And the reason why I say them, though, is because right now, if they stay top of the division in the East, which I know is a big if, but Amari Cooper would help you um, hopefully win some games and stay there, they would be the 25th overall pick. And I know this is going to hurt my point, but I hope it'll help my point also. This past year, some guys taken around there. You can go with the good. Calvin Ridley was 26. He's been playing really well. But then you can also go with DJ Moore, who is at 24. If you go in 2017, the 25th overall pick was Jabril Peppers. 
the first, let's see, El- Evan Ingram was the um, offensive player around there at 23. And then I'll just go to the 2016 draft where the 25th overall pick was Artie Burns, but the 26th pick was Paxton Lynch. And I know what you're saying. Well, Ricky, duh. It's called drafting and scouting, and if you pick the wrong guy, of course, he's going to be bad. But to me, I feel like at a 25, like a 25th and below pick, and I know this is all projection at this point, I feel like that kind of a first-round pick might be worth it for the Redskins to gamble that kind of a pick in order to add Amari Cooper and then boost them in a division where the Eagles are going to be nipping at their toes and the Cowboys won't make the playoffs, but they're going to be nipping at the toes of the Redskins all year. Yeah, I, I think that that makes sense uh, with, with the Redskins for sure, because there's not one guy that stands out to me when you look at the Redskins and you say, wow, that's their number one receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, for, for a while, I thought it was Chris Thompson. Uh, the uh, running back, but uh, you know, he got, he got, he got hurt. And when that's, when that's your number one wide receiver, you should, you should be very worried. Uh, mm-hmm. But the team that I, I think if, if there's going to be a team that would be willing to do that, that would gamble, that has gambled many times before, keep it in the division. It's the Dallas Cowboys. And They're my the second team. So badly. They would be my first, then my second and my third, <laughs> um, because they need one that badly. I mean, mm-hmm. Cole Beasley showed up this past weekend, but, you don't think of Cole Beasley as being your number one guy. You just don't. He's your, he's your, maybe your number two B or your number three. Um, so I think that if they were able to get in a guy like Amari Cooper, that's a, it's a, it's a big wide receiver. It's a good target to go to for Dak Prescott. Certainly could be a, like a, a safety blanket for him in, in, in terms of uh, who he can get the ball to, but who he can trust. You would like to think that, but again, I mentioned earlier, Mark Cooper has had, you know, the dropsies. It's one thing he needs to certainly shake if he mm-hmm. wants to have a good career um, in the NFL and not be known for, you know, being the king of the drops. But I, I think it fits. I think it fits. And for Dallas, this might actually be the first time you go after maybe a, a quote-unquote a big-time wide receiver that they don't have a ton of baggage with them. And that would be very nice. That would be very nice for them. And I think that a guy like a Jerry Jones would see that, see Amari Cooper and say, that's worth it. That's mm-hmm. worth it. We're, we're still alive. We just, we just beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. We did that with, you know, uh, no, no true number one wide receiver. We did that with no Jason Witten. We, mm-hmm. we blew them out. We, we're looking good. We feel good about ourselves. We can make a run. We can make a run at the division. We can make a run at the playoffs. Mm-hmm. We're going to get a guy in here. That first-round pick, who cares? <laughs> who cares? We got a second. We got a third. We got a fourth. Jerry Jones would be that type of guy to go and do that. So the Dallas Cowboys, they make an absolute ton of sense for me. If Amari Cooper were to get traded, I still think that a, a first-round pick is too high, and I don't think – I don't think Oakland's going to be very good come the end of the season. So I think they would be getting a higher pick. We're looking one through 10. We're not looking 15 through 20 uh, or 15, uh, you know, through um, 30, you know, whatever that, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever it might be there. But um, so that's, that's 
but that's why I think I think that they're because it's it, they're going to be a high pick. Well, it's not going to be somewhere in the middle rounds. But but the other team that I would kind of mention before you bring up when, that other team, can I ask one sure. question? Right ahead, now, the projection would be if the draft was today, the Cowboys would be the thirteenth overall pick. Do you think Jerry Jones would trade that high of a pick? I know it's not top ten, but it's close. Would he trade a thirteenth overall pick? For Amari Cooper. Oh man, Ricky, I I am really an idiot. I was looking. I was I was saying for Oakland's first round pick. I don't know why I was thinking that mm-hmm. for for the Cowboys. I'm sorry, I was completely confused with myself on that yeah. one. So uh, I apologize to everyone. So don't think I'm an idiot. I'm correcting myself <laughs> right now. So yeah, the Cowboys actually. Yeah the 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 pick would be. I think it's too high. I think probably in the in the um, middle round. Mm-hmm. I think they they would be in the middle rounds most okay. likely. I I think they could probably be, let's say even fifteen to seventeen, mm-hmm. um, and that is probably not too high for Jerry Jones, but that might be too high for somebody else. Uh, there, because depending on who, uh, when when a team looks at it as who are we getting, and is it even worth that first round pick? Mm-hmm. A lot of the guys may say. No, I'm not. I'm not thrilled with giving up that first rounder because of someone they already have their eye on, someone they don't want to miss out on. But Jerry Jones never struck me as that guy who's all that. Unless you're a, a top five and he wants to go get that quarterback or that wide receiver or anything like that, I, I, I think that he would be happy to probably bring on an Amari Cooper like like that. Again, I apologize for the confusion. I was I was confusing myself. Who's your next team that you were going to bring up? Next team I was going to say is when this guy uh, went out and got hurt, I worried for this team, and that's Greg Olson. When Greg Olson got hurt for the for the Panthers, I really worried because he he's their target. He's uh-huh. their he's their number one target for for Cam Newton. You take him away, then the number one target is Devin Funchess. It doesn't strike fear into me, and probably not too many other teams because Devin Funchess still may be waiting for him to pan out. Amari Cooper could be a big boost to that team, to that passing game, which I think a lot of times struggles because they don't really have a ton of weapons producing. Now they have DJ Moore. He's a weapon. He just hasn't produced yet. But without Greg Olson, I really look around and go, where are they going to be? You know, how are Mm -hmm. they going to do? And I mean, they, 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 they lost, they lost to Washington this past weekend can put up decent stats, but, you know, some of the, the guys that he's, you know, finding like, you know, Curtis Samuel and stuff like that. I mean, they're not necessarily household names. They're not stud wide receivers and that they could really use a stud wide receiver. The last time that the Panthers had a stud wide receiver was Steve Smith. Was Steve Smith. That was a long time ago. And they haven't had one since. If you're not, you know, if you're not counting Greg Olson, because he's a tight end, mm-hmm. he plays like a wide receiver. Uh, and with him hurt now the last couple of seasons, and then still kind of, uh, you know, unsure of when, when will he be fully healthy. Even though yes, he played. Mm-hmm. You know, is he is he fully healthy? Does he re-injure it again? You hope that he doesn't. But having Amari Cooper is a great safety net. Is a great addition um, uh, to to your to your wide receiver core. Now, I've got two teams. One I one is my second team. Well. 
my third team, I'd say, because the Cowboys would be the second team that I went along with you with. I have one that I'm going to bring up and then one I want to ask you about. And the first one I'll bring up to kind of be my last team is a team that, because to me the big thing is, and I'm going to read the quote here from the CBS article. Um, This is Ian Rappaport saying this, where he said, the other one that came out yesterday, Amari Cooper, which is something that would have been unthinkable a couple weeks ago and certainly a couple months ago. But the Raiders have had some conversations about potentially trading him. My understanding is they've asked for a first-round pick in exchange for Amari Cooper, which isn't incredibly, which is incredibly significant, and which makes it difficult, but not impossible, to trade him. The first-round pick is the big linchpin in this, but there is one team. This is kind of in line with the Redskins line of thinking that I had. What about the Baltimore Ravens? They're a team that their wide receivers, to me, aren't the strongest. I mean, Willie Sneed, Michael Crabtree, John Brown. Um, I know they also have, like, Chris Moore and um, Lasley. They have um, their tight ends aren't the strongest, but they really like Mark Andrews that they drafted this past year. And they already got their answer or what they think is their answer at quarterback for the future. So they don't have to necessarily use that here. If they're a team that of course they're in the running to win the division and make a run in the playoffs, they're a team that I look at and I just go, all right, if the draft started today, they could possibly be a divisional round team. They could be maybe the 28th overall pick, which to me, if I'm Baltimore, you know what? Maybe I'm okay with giving up the 28th overall pick if that means I can give Joe Flacco this year. Yes, he's got a case of the dropsies, but I can give him a deep ball threat in Amari Cooper to add to Crabtree and this receiving core and only help myself if I have to go up against a New England team that everyone thinks, New England and KC, but with New England because I still think they're the favorite to represent the AFC in my mind, their biggest weakness is their cornerbacks. And could Amari Cooper on a Baltimore team exploit that? First off, what do you think if the Ravens were in talks to get Amari Cooper? I'd be interested with that. I mean, you talk about, again, you bring the drops up again. He'd be right uh, alongside another guy who they're talked about uh, with the with the drop season. That is Michael Crabtree. Mm-hmm. So you'd have a, a dropsy guy on, on one side and a dropsy guy on the other side. Um, but you put in you put in Michael Crabtree uh, on the outside, then you put Cooper, um, you know, the starting wide receiver on the other uh, on the other side. And you put John Brown in the slot, and you you have Willie Sneed then to come in. I, I think that that would be a really good. Uh, you know, wide receiver core, and it would finally be some pretty good wide receivers for Joe Flacco to throw to. And Flacco has has gotten tons of slack, and um, you know, people have really given him a lot of uh, you know crap for. Ah, he's really not that good of a quarterback. Ah, mm-hmm. he got this huge contract. Ah, he's not. That, he's not that well. Yeah, it really hasn't had really great wide receivers to to work with in Baltimore for a long time Baltimore it's it's been the it's been that running game it's been mm-hmm. that running game probably his best that he's had is for. what Torrey Smith like 
Tory Smith and Steve Smith. Steve Smith's the big name, but Tory Smith was his last like true number one receiver. Yeah, and I know that I know Steve Smith was over there, but that was toward the end of his career. Yeah, I mean, uh, his, his best days were clearly in, mm-hmm. in Carolina. He was just the big but, name. Um, yeah, ex- exactly, exactly. And I think that with an addition of Amari Cooper, if he went over there, that really puts the Ravens, I think, in a good spot for this year and beyond. With Cooper still being young, this is this is a, a team right now that's looking really good. I mean, look what they did this past weekend against the Titans. Their defense is solid. They are set there. You had another offensive piece, an offensive weapon, might just push them over the top over there in the AFC North. It might. It might. I mean, it would still be a battle. They already they already beat Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. They lost to Cincinnati. It's it's still something that you – and then I, you really can't count on Cleveland. They lost to Cleveland. Um, but uh, – it would be it would be a fight. It would be a, a, a true fight over there, and I think it'd be it'd be really close. I think Amari Cooper would put them in a good spot because now now you're not just guarding Crabtree. Mm-hmm. Now you're not just guarding John Brown. You add in Amari Cooper. That's another guy that you you, you got to cover. It makes things a little bit more difficult for defenses. Well, I'm glad you brought up Cleveland because they're the last team I want to ask you about. I basically just want to ask you. I'm looking at an article here from brownswire.usatoday.com, and it just basically asks, should the Browns trade a first-round pick for Amari Cooper? What is your answer to that? Um, yeah, why not? <laughs> You're like, yeah, what? because that's kind of what I'm thinking. They've added enough young talent like last year and the year before to put that defense together. I know it'll be a really probably a higher pick, well, lower than they're used to, but still a high enough pick. I feel like the Browns could be a, eh, fuck it, let's do it, and give Baker Mayfield a weapon like Amari Cooper. Like, could you imagine Jarvis Landry and Amari Cooper for Baker Mayfield to throw to? Yeah, I mean, I think that that's, Amari Cooper is certainly a, a more dangerous name than Rashard Higgins. Um, I, I think that that's, you you add those two together, then you put in uh, David and Joku. It mm-hmm. kind of had a, a you know a slow start. A lot of people thought that after what they the flashes they saw from him last year with Kaiser in there at, at quarterback, they thought, oh, this guy he's gonna he's gonna really really be good next year. Well, he really hasn't been that great, but he had a good game this past weekend, and th- there's plenty of talent there with that young tight end. You add in Amari Cooper, it's a great another option for Baker Mayfield to throw to. Baker Mayfield is a good quarterback, in my opinion. That could be a really dangerous Cleveland offense. You have Carlos Hyde, who's been a solid option at the running back position. Nick Chubb, who's an up-and-coming, I think, really good running back. There would be a lot of options for Cleveland, and a Cleveland defense that has really turned over a lot of teams this year it could be interesting. You you add in Amari Cooper there to Cleveland, and like I kind of said with the Ravens, you're mixing things up then in the in the in the North over there in the AFC. Cleveland isn't just that. Oh well, you know, little brother, he's he's doing good. Oh, he's trying. Oh, look at them getting a couple of wins. No, Cleveland could actually be competing 
mm-hmm. um, o- o- over there, which they which they've already shown to. They should have beat Pittsburgh Week One. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. They beat Baltimore. There's going to be plenty more interesting matchups when they are are facing uh, Cincinnati, Baltimore again, Pittsburgh again, and then in Pittsburgh just in a couple of weeks. So it's going to be very interesting um, how things will go, even if they don't have Amari Cooper. But you add him into the mix, that's, a, again, another another good wide receiver, another wide receiver the defenses have to account for. I will be interested to see if any team does actually end up pulling the trigger with Cooper because he is good. He is good. But is a team willing to give away that first-round pick? Mm-hmm. You know, is and, and then does it? And if they are, is it because, like you had mentioned, and when I was, you know, unfortunately flubbing it up with Dallas, mm-hmm. um, if you know, if they're a middle of the road pick, you know, if they're if they're maybe projecting, oh, we'll be a fifteen. Mm-hmm. Well, we're not going to get any of them, you know, top top talent. Mm-hmm. So, might as well just get a top talent here and give this away. If they're just asking for one pick, first rounder. Bring on, bring on over Cooper. Have him for a while. Dak is able to finally have, you know, a, a, well, again, I mean, you know, there was Des Bryant, but have a wide receiver who's going to be here. You build around him and you add to, you know, add, add more around him because you'll need to. It's, it's really kind of all about where is that team going to fall or where are they projecting that they'll fall in that first round. I think I still think that there will be teams that even if it's a first round pick, no matter where, they may just be weary of giving that up. Um, but then there's of course teams who they they don't necessarily care, and they're in a win now situation. You really have to look at those teams that are in the win nows, especially with the head coaches that could be on the hot seat. And Jason Garrett is always, I feel like, every day that ends in why he is. So it would be an interesting. That's why I keep going back to Dallas. Mm-hmm. That's interesting to me, but if you want to continue to talk about the hot seat, I think you could still talk about Jay Gruden over there as well um, in Washington, which was which was your first team. Yeah, and I mean, Jason Garrett, if they would have lost this week, we would have definitely been talking about him possibly getting fired. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you guys think down below in the comment section. First off, what do you think of the Raiders right now? Black Hole Nation, Raider Nation, let us know what you guys think. In that comment section, do you want Cooper to be traded? If he does get traded, what team? And also, what do you think some of the packages could be? Let us know what you think down below in that comment section. And Brandon, let's move on into the third topic, final topic we're going to look at before we make our pick for Week 7 in the NFL. And we are looking at the Jacksonville Jaguars. And this is a team... The reason why I wanted to talk about this is because a lot of people expected the Jaguars to be better than they are right now. They are a 3-3 three and three club after the first six weeks of the season. And really, this is a team that some people had as their Super Bowl pick. I had them as it. I gave them the old kiss of death. And it looks like it may be coming up to catch them as they are 3-3. Three and three. Just to give people perspective, and I know our predictions are wrong at the um, beginning of the year, but if we were going off of my predictions, the Jaguars <laughs> would be 6-0 and and then become 7-0 and after this week. So that's kind of the expectation that I had for them at the beginning of the year. But the question I want to ask you, kiss of death or not, 
Will the Jaguars miss the playoffs, or are the Jaguars going to miss the playoffs this season? I'm going to say they're not. I'm going to say they're not because of the division that they're in and the remaining games that they have on their schedule. Um, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to say that they're not, but that they're not going to, to, to miss the playoffs. They play Houston this weekend at home. The Houston offensive line is not good, and you look at what has been a really hard time for for uh, Watkins. It's been a terrible, terrible time for for him. He's struggled tremendously. Um, it's a team that Jacksonville will. I think be able to easily thrive on from a defensive standpoint. This is, this is going to be now Houston twice on their schedule. Mm-hmm. They have the Colts twice still to play. They have Tennessee again. And I know that they lost to Tennessee. It was a nine, six game. It was a nine, six game. If Jackson, if Jacksonville can bring some offense and, and the defense shows up, they should beat Tennessee. So that that could be, you know, just between those games, that could be four wins, you know, right, right, right there. You play Buffalo. Buffalo has shown up at times, not at others. Miami, Washington, and then Pittsburgh and Philly. But right now, what I'm really worried about, I'm really worried about this defense. I'm really worried about this defense. I'm, I'm saying that, yes, they'll make the playoffs. It's more because of the division they're in, not because of how good the team is. Because the team lately, eh, they've been garbage. <laughs> they have been garbage. They have allowed 26 points in their three losses. And, again, one of them, they only allowed nine points. Their last two, they allowed 30 points to Kansas City, 40 to Dallas. I know it's Kansas City, at, at least one of them was, uh, an interception return for a touchdown, but that gets to the other point. Blake Bortles has been bad, bad, not poor. Always oh, hasn't been great. No, he's been bad, B A D, and that is something that needs to be able to change. I'm surprised that Jalen Ramsey hasn't come out and said, "Yeah, this." Uh, you know how they call him a quarterback. He would if he wasn't on his team. But he's on his team. He, he has to restrain from saying anything. But Blake Bortles throws nine touchdowns, eight interceptions. Mm-hmm. He is very careless with the football. He's been very careless with the football. They've not had a good running game. That is something that's different from last year. Leonard Fournette, for the most part, was healthy last year. Yeah, there were a couple of bumps, but for the most part, healthy. Ran the ball well. Workhorse. This year, not healthy. Not healthy at all. T.J. Yeldon has been in there, but he has not even gotten to nearly the point. hasn't come close to the point where they were in running the football last season. Mm -hmm. So those are the things that are really killing the Jacksonville Jaguars right now. If they don't turn it around, they won't make the playoffs. But again, I think that they'll be able to turn around just enough, especially their schedule, where they will make the playoffs. Having Houston and the Colts and Tennessee – Jacksonville is a lucky team because if they had almost anybody else, they wouldn't make it. But I think they will due to the division they're in and the rest of their schedule. See, I'm on the other side of you where 
I'm not ready to say definitively that they are going to miss the playoffs, but I'm looking at the schedule ahead going, all right, you got to start winning because like the thing that perplexes me about this team is how you go out and you beat the Patriots. And of course it could have been just hey, a statement game. We want to prove to you that we should have beaten you last year. So they played up a little for that one at home. But they win that game by 11, and then they go 1-3 and in their next four games. And I look at it, and some of the games that I look at, maybe not Week 7, but it could be Week 17. I think one game against Houston could be a loss for the Jaguars. Then I look at the Colts. And the only reason I say the Colts could get a win over the Jaguars is because usually this division plays tough against each other. Just look at that um, Tennessee-Jacksonville game from Week 3. Right now I'm thinking that the Texans and the Colts both get one game on the Jaguars. With that Colt game not being super confident, but I'm still going to say a possibility. So there's two. Then I look at the Steelers. I think the Steelers are only going to get better from here especially if they keep Le'Veon Bell. I'm going to give that primetime Sunday night win to the Steelers. And then for week eight, you've got the Eagles, which that is going to be in London. But right now, I, I kind of feel like the Eagles are kind of on a little bit of a roll and that they could possibly win that one. And just with four games, and I'm not even putting in the Redskins and the Dolphins, which are two of my maybe games were, yeah, do I think the Jaguars could win those? Yes. I mean, the Bears should have beaten the Miami Dolphins this weekend, and they didn't. So, I mean, really, the Jacksonville defense should be able to do good things against Brock the Cock, Cockadoodle-Doo, because he's still in the NFL. But there's a possibility that maybe the Redskins or the Dolphins upset Jacksonville. My point is... I'm just picking out four games the rest of the way. In my mind, if this team loses even four games the rest of the year, that already will put them at seven losses. Nine and seven will not be enough for this team to make the playoffs based on how I've seen other teams play so far in this year. So for me, I feel like the only thing that is going to help the Jaguars into the playoffs is if they go on a win streak and they go on a win streak right now. I mean, they're coming off of a loss where we're talking about Dallas coming into this game, how bad they are. They don't have this. They don't have that. Jason Garrett should be fired. And then they go ahead and win 40-7 to against Jacksonville. This is a team that right now I'm hitting the panic button because if they don't start to win games, they're going to miss the playoffs. Well, Ricky, before I say my next thing, I've got to apologize yet again. I don't know. I must be off on my game tonight, but I, I combined Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins and said <laughs> Watkins. Um, but I meant Deshaun Watkins when I was talking about the quarterback for Houston. But see, Ricky, now I don't agree with you, though, is that you say nine and seven is not going to be enough to, to be a playoff team. Yeah, it will. Yes, it will. In this division, yes, it will. You, they will win the division at nine and seven. They will. It doesn't matter you know, if, if they have the most wins in the AFC. They just have to win that division, which will be simple. The Colts are one and five. They're not going to make some extraordinary comeback. They're mm-hmm. not going to. They don't have enough firepower, especially if you have 
T.Y. Hilton out for the rest of the year. Their defense continues to give up a ton of points. That, that's just not going to happen. The Houston Texans, you look at them. They, I mean, when, when, when is enough going to be enough with Deshaun Watson taking a, a, a huge hit that knocks him out for a while? I mean, he has taken so many hits this season. I, mm-hmm. I would hate to see that because he had the terrible injury last year, but I would hate any time an injury. It's it's terrible for for a guy. But I mean, they he, they have allowed so many big hits against this guy. Their offensive line is bad. They don't have a running game. Their 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 wide receivers are great when Watson's able to get them the ball. So their their defense has been up and down. Their defense this past week was good. Made some big plays. Allowed them to win the, the, win the football game. So that was huge. But. There and, and then and then who's the final team? Tennessee. Tennessee scored zero points this last weekend at home. We had a commenter. <laughs> I went back and literally laughed at the comment when the commenter said, "Have you seen? Have you seen the Tennessee Titans record at home?" No, I haven't, but I know what it is now. It has at least one loss. They had zero points. So um, the, my whole thing is is that they're not going up against difficult teams in in, in their division right now. They're not mm-hmm. the Colts. The Colts. They can only afford two more losses to be nine and seven. And then I know that the rest of them are three and three as well, but I see many more good things coming for the Jacksonville Jaguars and things that they can straighten out to be able to get to the top of this division for, for the Tennessee Titans. I'm already going to throw them out the window. They don't have enough offense. Way too much inconsistency in the offense. Mm-hmm. The Houston Texans, they have the offense. Can they shore up a couple of holes on the offensive line to give Deshaun Watson the time he needs to get the ball to his receivers? Can they open up a couple of holes for Alfred Blue or Lamar Miller or Deonta Foreman if he comes back this season to be able to run and, 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 get, and bring a couple of big ones? So there's a little bit more hope with Houston than there is for Tennessee right now in my mind. Mm-hmm. The Jacksonville Jaguars, they have, I think, a better opportunity to, to get to the top of this division. See, right now, I have them, for the rest of the season, I have them losing to Philly, losing to Pittsburgh, for sure, and then possibly losing to Washington. I have them beating Buffalo. I have them sweeping Houston, I have them beating Miami, and I have them sweeping Indy. Why wouldn't they? Why would they not? I mean, if you look at the game, and again, I I say this all the time, so I don't know why I'm saying it, but you you look at what they did last year in Houston. They embarrassed them. Mm -hmm. Embarrassed them. But this year's a new year. I still just don't see enough from those other teams to for them to be in a better spot at the end of the season than Jacksonville. And I'm not by any means saying that if Jacksonville gets into the playoffs, they make a run. I don't necessarily know they would or think they would. But I think of all these teams right now, Jacksonville's in the best spot to be able to win this division. Here's the one thing I will say is you are right. The only way they are getting into the playoffs in my mind is winning the division because the way I've seen – I'm going to say the Dolphins loosely, but more importantly, the Ravens and the Chargers, those are your, probably going to be your wildcard teams. Like the Ravens, the Bengals, the Chargers, I throw Ravens and Bengals because 
Um, probably if the Ravens win the division, the Bengals would be the wild card team. To me, it, it's looking like, I mean, of course you sh- could be sitting there going, Ricky, you're overreacting. But at the same time, it's this is a team. Yes, I know the loss to Leonard Fournette probably helped this happen in a sense, but like this is a team that this weekend is to me the most important. Like it's all it's kind of like a couple weeks ago. I think it was two weeks ago when the yeah two weeks ago when the Vikings played the Eagles and. One of uh, our listeners that I follow on Twitter, um, I think it was Anthony, tweeted out that this is like a must win for both teams. And for the Vikings, it kind of was, because if we weren't, we would fall to like, what would it be, like two and four or something like that. And we wouldn't have been as good or two and three going into the game against the Cardinals. And we won that game. Jacksonville's in a similar boat. I feel like this week against Houston is a soft must win for them because if they don't win this game against Houston in Jacksonville week seven, then that panic button even gets louder in my mind because you've lost another divisional game. You will then be 0-2 in the division. I kind of agree with you. I know I said that, oh, the Colts could possibly beat them, but I'll, I'm going to fall back on that. I'm leaning towards... Jacksonville sweeping the Colts with what I've seen from them this year. But it just, to me, the games I circle this week, next week. So Houston, Philly. Then I look at Pittsburgh. I look at Tennessee. Well, basically the rest of the games then. Tennessee, Washington, Miami, and Houston. Like, I know you're sitting there going, well, Ricky, that's most of the freaking schedule. You're just looking at the whole rest of the year. And I guess you could say that. But with the opponents that they have, I wonder if it's going to be something where Jacksonville fans at the end of the year look at it and go, man, if we would have won, if we would have just beat that Dallas team like we were supposed to, or beat that Tennessee team like we were supposed to, we would be in the playoffs right now. That's what I feel. And I feel like if Jacksonville does miss, it's not going to be by much. And could be typical Jacksonville fashion from their past of I wouldn't be surprised comes down to game seven or game sixteen in Houston and the Jaguars lose and Houston wins the division and Jacksonville is sitting at home. That's what I think it could come down to, but I do think that if they do miss, Jacksonville fans will look at it and go. Man, if we would have that nine to six game, if we would have won that, we would have been in. Oh, if we would have beat Dallas, Dallas wasn't that good. We would have beat them. That is going to be the storyline if Jacksonville misses the playoffs. Well, here's the here's my last two two cents. Mm-hmm. You don't have Leonard Fournette right now, right? Yep. So let's say he doesn't come back till week ten, but then he does come back week ten, and then he's fully healthy. He's fully ready to go. You've got from week 10 to week 17 for Leonard Fournette to put his mark back on the NFL and get, you know, position himself back as one of the elite runners. And if he's able to do that, that's going to take pressure off of Blake Bortles. He's not going to feel like he has to throw as much. That's been one of the problems. 
that Blake Bortles has thrown the ball too much. They, they're not a swinging around the yard type of team. Mm-hmm. They, they haven't been. They, they've been a team that has relied heavily on the ground game. And since there hasn't been that, I mean, their they're highest rushing game from one individual, and that was TJ Yeldon, week two against New England, 58 yards. 58 yards. That's not going to blow anybody away. Mm-hmm. Not one 100-yard rushing game from, from, from a single player for, for Jacksonville yet this season. But you get Leonard Fournette back, he could do that. He's got multiple games he could do that. And if he's able to do that, if he's able to have some really good uh, rushing games, that takes the pressure away from Blake Bortles. He doesn't have to throw it as much. He doesn't feel like he has to squeeze it into to tight windows and force the ball to receivers and get back to where they kind of were last season, where things were kind of flowing because they had a good balance. The defense was good, and that's the, that's the third and final thing. Their defense has to step up. Their defense has to step up. They allowed 30 points or around 30 points to Kansas City. They allowed 40 points to Dallas. They allowed 40 points to a Dallas team that doesn't have a blow-you-away offense. Mm-hmm. They allowed 40 points. This defense, in my opinion, needs to shut up and stop talking and make it, make it work on the field and show people what, what you're made of on the field. You know, it's, 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 it's cute for a while when you're calling other people trash, but then you should look internally and mm-hmm. look how bad you've played and shut your mouth and actually start playing because that's the problem with Jacksonville mm-hmm. is they've been a little cocky. They were cocky at the beginning of the season, and they had reason to. They were 3-1. and one. Well, now you're 3-3, three and three and you're coming off of two ugly losses. Shut up and do your job, and that's what they need to do. And once they do that, then you can talk all you want. But until then, don't. It's kind of it's kind of like with Odell. You understand there's frustrations. No need to talk about it to the media. Keep it internal. Keep it internal. Go out, do your job, and 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 be done with it. I think those are the things right now. Jacksonville, they definitely definitely need to fix. And they're all fixable. They're all fixable. They're all things that we've seen them do effectively. We saw it last season. That's why they had such a good run. But the reason they had that good run, it, it was primarily that defense. So that's that right now is the biggest thing for me. If that defense can start making some more plays, uh, you know, get a couple of interceptions, uh, return them for touchdowns. That's what we haven't seen with Jacksonville this year. They haven't been a big scoring defense. Uh, let's see if they can do that. Yeah, and my final scent is going to be Leonard Fournette. Like, when he comes back, he is going to need to be the shot in the arm that this team has. And I seen something on the SB Nation site um, for Jacksonville about Leonard Fournette that there's a possibility he might be okay for this week, but it looks like everyone's looking at that Week 10 game to be the target game that Leonard Fournette comes back. So they could be without him for the next two weeks, but... Jacksonville fans, this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you think down below in that comment section. Are you guys going to miss the playoffs? How worried are you? Where's your meter right now on a, we'll do one to five. Five being the most worried, one being not worried at all. 
about your team missing the playoffs. Let us know what you guys think down below in that comment section. But Brandon, let's end this podcast like we always do, and that is making our picks for the NFL. This will be week seven. Mark actually let me down last week. Um, Must have been a busy, busy, busy week for Mark because he didn't put in his picks on our pick spreadsheet. Um, So there might be a chance I void my record, which I did really well. I went 10 and 5 last week. Um, (laughs) I did horrible. You did horrible. Um, You did pretty bad, but you did better than the first time you were on the podcast and picked. So my overall record after going 10 and 5 last week I am now 54, 37, and 2 because we have two ties. Um, You have only been on the podcast two weeks. This is your third week. The first week was week three. You went 7 and 9 that week. That was also the week where both you, I, and Mark all lost in our Eliminator Challenge. We only lasted three weeks. You only lasted one week. Thank you to the Jaguars for you. Um, No, that was was when the... uh... We picked the Vikings, and they lost to, to the Bills. Yeah, no, Mark and I picked the Vikings. You picked the Jaguars against the Titans. Did I? No, yeah. I thought I, I thought I picked the— uh... You put down—we've got—you picked the Jaguars against the Titans. Either way, we all lost week three, no matter what it was. But your total between the two weeks after a 7-9 and nine and a 6-3, and three, I believe, you were at 16-15. and 15. In two weeks, so nearly a five hundred. What, what, what was I last week? You said six and three. Six and or nine and six. That's what I meant to say. Nine and six. You're sixteen and fifteen overall. Um, little dyslexia up here in the head that I'm dealing with. But we are going to make our picks for this week, and it's all going to start with Thursday night football. The Denver Broncos, or as uh, the TV announcer I heard said on. Sunday, the Denver Nuggets, however you want to say it, um, they're going to sure. go up against the Arizona Cardinales. Denver, a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Who are you going with, Denver or Arizona? Well, Arizona's got a pretty soft run defense. Um, most people can run against them. Denver, even even with this really kind of screwed-up um running running back by committee type thing. Like just get Devontae Booker out of there. Okay. He's worthless. And Philip Lindsay can do what he does. Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman should have a good good week um on Thursday. And this as as poor as Denver has been for the last couple of weeks, this is a week where they can get healthy. They can get a win. Arizona has shown some flashes. They got a win uh, against San Francisco, but this is still a team that is in kind of a rebuilding, feeling themselves out, how they're going to do. I think Denver gets this win. So you and I on the, we've only picked the Thursday night game twice, obviously. The first time we both picked the Browns over the Jets and were right. Last week I picked the G-Men, you picked the Cardinals, and obviously you were right, I was wrong. I picked the other bird. It was the Eagles. Yes, and uh, in this week, we're both going to go Broncos. I have the Broncos as well. I'm not very high on the Cardinals. Um, Their head coach, Steve Wilk, said this week that all the coaches 
um, should be worried about their jobs, himself included. And I went, oh, you don't want to do that, Steve. Don't put yourself in the um, chud category. Nobody wants to get chudded in the NFL and fired after their first year. So I'm going to go with the Broncos to get the win in Arizona. Then the next game we got... Here in Chicago, I believe Sean, our own Sean Anderson is going to be at this game. He's going to be eating a baker's dozen when it comes to bowl of sausage. Hope he has a heart attack or two. No, I don't because I want him to come back in one piece. But we got the New England Patriots. We got Da Bersh and Brandon. Who are you taking? New England, only a three-point favorite in this one. Uh, well, that that would uh, seem just about right. The Chicago Bears should be able to hang with New England, but I think there's there's just going to be too many things that Tom Brady will be able to do. And 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 he was Tom Brady obviously was able to get the win against the Chiefs on Sunday night, which was a great game. I mean, certainly a game that if you didn't watch it, I mean, it almost almost be worth going back and watching the whole thing because it was really entertaining. But the Chicago Bears, what they showed me or didn't show me. Um, on Sunday is that there's still some problems and I know that they were playing in Miami. I know it was hot. I know that they were tired, but there was a lack of tackling um, on guys they should have gotten. Um, there were, there were some problems in the secondary and if there are problems in the secondary come Sunday and you can't guard Gronk and you can't guard Edelman, it's not going to end up being a great day. Um, so, because of that, I'm going to say the New England will get the win. It won't be a blowout, but New England, they win. Hey, Brandon, um, do you remember last week what was one of the reasons I said that uh, the Bears were going to lose to Miami? Because what was it going because to be? Of the in heat. My- it was, gonna be hot. it was going to be hot, and I remember in the comment section, people kind of ripping me a little bit because, oh, yeah, that's right. we're going to lose because it's hot. I'm sorry. I, watching that game, when everything was going wrong for the Bears, could not help but have a huge grin on my face because of the comment section because I like being right and proving others wrong. Um, so that was just a happy moment for me. I am going to continue my trend, which actually I got to say this for Bears fans. I have so far this year in your pickage lineage, um, I picked against you week one. I was right. I picked with you week two. I was right. Um, I picked, let's see, usually I pick against them. So let's see where they are. Um, I think I picked against you and was wrong. Or did you guys have a bye week three? I don't even know. Um, usually Mark picks you. Oh, I picked you by week four. I picked you guys week three. I was correct. Then the by week four, week five, I picked, let's see. Mark usually picks you guys. So where is Mark's pick? Um, the point is, oh, the bucks I picked against you. I was wrong. Usually I pick against you. Usually I'm wrong, but I haven't picked against you the whole time. That's my point. I'm picking against you this week though. Tom Brady is going to do enough. If Patrick Mahomes didn't have enough to outlast Tom Brady, neither will Mitchell Trubisky and the Bears. Also, one thing I want to add, Brandon, because I just saw this, um, to go back to the um, Thursday night game one more time, did you see the quote from Von Miller um, today about the game in Arizona being a must-win? Um. I think I may have briefly seen it on ESPN.com, but so, I can't remember. Just for everyone out there, Von Miller said, and I quote, I wouldn't say it's a must win, 
But we're going to kick their ass, though. Make sure you put that out there. We're going to kick their ass. So, yet again, why I'm picking the Broncos to go ahead and win that game. Next game we got, though, is a London game. It'll start at 8.30 Central Time here for us in Chicago. We got the Titans at 3-3. Three and three. We got the Chargers at 4-2. and two. Chargers are 6.5-point favorites. I am going to ride with the Chargers, even though uh, sometimes funky things happen in these London games. So the Titans have a chance to get the win. What are you thinking going into the London game between the Titans and the bolt-up Chargers? I'm going to go with uh, L.A. I, they have really been playing consistent football as as of late. They just came off a big win over the Browns in Cleveland. This is a Tennessee team that they're just, I mean, you, you know, it's just like a, they remind me, their offense reminds me of Eeyore, you know, just so depressed. You know, just not a lot going on. Really sad. You know, oh, how's the offense doing? Oh, all right. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's uh, that's what it reminds me of. So <gasps> it, there's, there's just nothing going on there. So it's got to be L.A. in this one. I, I know you say a lot of some funky things have happened in, in, uh, in London, but I don't think there's going to be anything too funky about the way that Los Angeles is going to get the win. Well, the next game to me is a very interesting game, um, and many people are going to go, why, Ricky? It's just the Bills and the Colts. But it is interesting to me because Josh Allen will not be playing in this one. He is injured, so he will be out. And because of that, many people don't know who should start um, for the Bills, and that is correct because five-pick Peterman um, is the next up on the depth chart. Because Josh Allen will not play this game, it's in Indy. Indy is actually favored in this one. I am going to go with the Colts to get their second win of the season, hurting their draft stock and bringing the Bills closer to a number one pick. What are you thinking about the Bills and the Colts in Indy? Well, for Buffalo, first of all, I'm not starting Peterman. I'm starting Derek Anderson. Um, and then for Indianapolis, I, I think Indianapolis gets the win here. There's There isn't going to be much. Not that I can foresee coming from the, the Buffalo passing game because there, there hasn't been much. Mm-hmm. They're, they have limited resources at wide receiver. Calvin Benjamin is not panning out. He should have kept his mouth shut and stayed in Carolina. And Zay Jones, he's not doing a whole lot. Charles Clay, there, there's, there's no – really jump off the page names where you're like, whoa, he's good. No, there's nothing. Um, and then LaShawn McCoy starting to come around a little bit, but I think this is a game where the game script is going to call for a lot of passing. And if it come, becomes one of those, the Indi- Indianapolis Colts are going to be able to beat you. Well, and the next one. So I'm going with Indy. The next one is, and so far, primetime podcast uh, ask. We are agreeing on all the games so far. Maybe we differ on this one. The two and three Detroit Lions coming off a bye, gonna play Brock the Cock Cockadoodle Do, and the Miami Dolphins, who are four and two after beating the Bears this past weekend. What are you thinking? You going with D Town or you going with uh, the Miami Dolphins this Sunday? I think the Detroit Lions are gonna be able to do what the Bears couldn't, and that was put the Dolphins away. <laughs> Uh, the the Lions are coming off their bye. 
they are coming off a win against the Packers in mm-hmm. which they saw Mason Crosby uh, try and lose his job. I mean, it looked like he was actually trying to lose his job out there um, uh, in, in that game. But I'm going to say that Detroit wins. I think they're going to look at the, the film uh, against that Chicago game, and they're going to shut down uh, Al- Albert Wilson. That, that's going to be one guy they're going to be keen in on. How do you make sure that when he gets the football, there are guys swarming him at the, at the point that he makes that catch, making sure that he doesn't um, get any yak um, uh, against them. So I, I think that Detroit will win. See, I'm going to go on the other side. This is the first game we are disagreeing on. I'm going with Detroit because, or not Detroit, with Miami because Miami, they just won a close game. And Detroit likes to lose close games this year on the road. They lost by two to the Cowboys in Dallas. They lost by three to the Niners in San Fran. Same thing will happen in Miami. It'll be a three-point Miami Dolphin win, and they will go to five and two, and everyone will be in going, what? They're five and two, keeping even with the New England Patriots. What is going on with Miami as they will get the win over the Detroit Lions. Then coming up next, you guys know who I'm going to pick for this one, even though we're only a three-point favorite. Vikings going into New York. Many people, there was an article this week saying, oh, as Sam Darnold made the Jets the kings of New York, and it's like, I'm happy for you, New York. You found your your future, um, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. You guys still got a long way or a little way to go. I got the Vikings getting the win in this one. Um, although it could be surprisingly close in my mind, but I'm still going to be confident in my team and pick the Vikings. What are you thinking? Um, I think that we'll probably see a close game in this one. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings defense, while they looked really good against the Eagles, they didn't show up in the game against the Rams. New York has come to show that they have a lot of weapons and that they can break out that running game at, at any time and run for a whole lot of yards against whoever it might be. And also too, Sam Darnold, you've got to give it to the young guy. He can make some plays. He can make mm-hmm. some good throws. Yes. As a, as a young rookie, you're always going to have that, that you're trying to do too much, be over aggressive. And that's what Minnesota, I think might be able to take advantage of. And that's why I think that the Minnesota Vikings will get the win this weekend, but it's going to be close one. It's going to come right down, um, I think, towards the, the last couple of minutes. It's either going to be a, a game-winning touchdown or a field goal for the Vikes. Well, and the next game, Brandon, we've got the Carolina Panthers going into Philly to play the Philadelphia Eagles. And last week I picked against the Panthers um, because my analysis wasn't really that in-depth. It was just the easy well, they lost to the Falcons on the road. It's been their only loss. They can't win on the road, so I'm picking the Redskins. And the Redskins got the win over the Panthers. I'm going same thing this week. You notice I said in Philly, this one's on the road. The Panthers are a completely different di- team on the road compared to in Carolina. I'm going with Fly Eagles Fly to get the win over the or the Eagles to get the win over the Panthers in Week seven of the NFL. Who you got? Yeah, I'm going Philly too. I think they get the win at home. Big win last week against the Giants on the road in Carolina. Kind of a disappointing loss, I think, to mm-hmm. Washington. 
So they're going to stay on the road, and, and I think it'll it'll be another loss to the Eagles. And this next team almost beat the Falcons on a designed play, Brandon. It was designed no matter how bad it looked on the field. It was a designed play, I guess. Uh, but the Buccaneers come back home and are three-point favorites over the Browns. Who you got? You going with Cleveland on the road or you going with TB? I went with Cleveland last week, and they they made me look dumb. <laughs> they made me look really stupid. Uh, I'm going to go with Cleveland again this week. Don't even care that they might make <laughs> me look stupid. That Tampa Bay defense is bad. And, yes, you just fire your defensive coordinator, but you don't fix the whole problem in one week. So I am going to say Cleveland. They're going to find a lot of holes in that Tampa Bay defense. I think Jameis Winston's going to get picked off a couple of times. This is not going to be a great game for Tampa Bay. This is going to be a very nice day for Baker Mayfield. Cleveland wins. Yeah, people are going to get upset, but i got to agree with you again. And really only one game we've disagreed on so far. I don't like the Buccaneers right now, and uh, they're kind of proving after winning two close games why I had them as my projected number one pick at the end of the year. Now, the Giants are going to make sure that I'm wrong on that, but the Bucks are still going to be bad and probably be a top 10 pick at the end of this year. So I'm going to go with the Browns and Baker Mayfields to get the win over the Bucks. Then the game we mentioned in our Jaguar segment, we've got the Texans and those Jaguars taking, and taking on each other at TIAA Bank Stadium in Jacksonville, Florida. Jacksonville only a five-point favorite. What do you think, B, Texans or Jags? Yeah, I'm going to go with Jacksonville. I'm going to say that their defense finally wakes up again, and they're going to be able to bring a lot of pressure. There's, they're, they're going to be able to bring a good pass, pass rush against this offensive line of Houston. They're going to have Deshaun Watson on the run all afternoon. It's going to be a tough day for the Houston Texans. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars will get the win. Yeah, I'm on the other side of you. I'm going with Houston in this one. I think this is going to be one where Houston wins by two or three points, and it's a close one. It kind of digs in Jacksonville's side, and they just go, oh, come on, another one, another close loss to a divisional opponent, and kind of takes the wind out of some of the sails in Jacksonville. Coming up next, though, we've got the Saints and the Ravens. Ravens two-and-a-half-point favorites. I am going to ride with them to get the win at home over the Saints. How about you? Ravens put on a great show last week with 11 sacks, a franchise record. It was incredible. Who would have thought? I mean, who would have thought that that, that would have happened? They won 21 nothing against Tennessee, but let's remember that was Tennessee. They weren't playing against Drew Brees. They weren't going against Alvin Kamara. They weren't going against Mark Ingram. There was no Michael Thomas. Guess what? All those guys are on the field this weekend. The Baltimore defense will be good, but they will not be having the same type of success they had last week. There's going to be too many offensive weapons for New Orleans, and the Saints get the win. And then the next game, I feel like this is going to be an easy pick, and uh, I'm wondering why. Like, I feel like this is going to be kind of like the Purdue-Illinois game in the college side where I'm looking at it going, really? This team is only a 10-point favorite? Um, but Rams and Niners, is this an easy one? Go Rams in this one? Like, the Rams are the easy pick, right? Hey, my heart goes out for San Francisco. They should have won that game uh, against the Green Bay Packers. But as I tweeted last night, there's only two teams who can win games like that. It is the Patriots and it is the Packers. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's Tom Brady and it's Aaron Rodgers. As much as it disappoints me, 
Uh, those are the two teams that can do that. But Todd Gurley ran for 208 yards this past week. Make it 209 this weekend against San Francisco. I'm kidding. That will not happen. But the Los Angeles, they should win this one pretty well, I, handily. When it comes to Todd Gurley, man, you are going to have a weird week. You want to know why? Because on our What's Your Fantasy team, both you and I have Todd Gurley, so we want him to do well. But in the personal MVP league, I have Todd Gurley, and I'm playing you, so you might not want Todd Gurley to play well. So it'll be an interesting I'll Rams game. I'll beat you with somebody else. I'll beat you with somebody else. Yeah, Joe Mixon will show up and uh, bring bring the pain when they play the Sunday night game. But the last day game, we'll have the Cowboys and the Redskins. Washington is only a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Who takes over control or joint control if the Eagles win as well of the NFC East after this week? Yeah, I might surprise you here. I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys. All right, I'm, right. I'm going I'm, I'm to say that they, they come to life. I am thinking a big week for Ezekiel Elliott. Um, he'll have a big week against Washington. And this Dallas defense might even get a couple of turnovers against Alex Smith. This is going to be a good game, but I think Dallas wins on the road. Yeah, um, I am going to go with the Redskins because of two reasons. First off, there's a pattern with Dallas where they lose a game, then they win a game, then they lose a game, then they win a game, then they lose a game, then they win a game. This would be the lose a game in that pattern. But also what fits it is... They win in Dallas, they lose away from Dallas. And because of that, I'm picking the Redskins to win in Landover, Maryland. They are on a win streak. I know so are the Cowboys after winning last week as well. But the Cowboys don't play well on the road, and that's why I am going to pick the Redskins to win. And then our two primetime games, the first one, I was telling you, the thing I hate is back-to-back primetime games for the same team, like uh, on the same like night, like if it was a Monday night game, I wouldn't care. But back to back Sunday night games for the Chiefs, I just feel like, come on, we got to give them back to back ones. But the Bengals and the Chiefs will take on each other on Sunday night. Who you going with, Chiefs or the Bengales? Well, we saw a great, excellent use by the way of Bengales. Um, but we saw a great game last Sunday night in Foxborough. <laughs> that was outstanding. 43-40 final score. We're going to see an equally good game, I think, this Sunday night with the Bengals in Kansas City. The Bengals have been very, very good. They lost a heartbreaker to Pittsburgh this past week. Kansas City, you could also say, lost a heartbreaker to to the Patriots. But the young kid, Patrick Mahomes, he threw two interceptions. Sure, sue him. He threw four touchdowns. Pat Mahomes was the reason the Chiefs were in that game. Pat Mahomes was the reason the Chiefs came back in that game. The Chiefs' defense, they struggled, again, for the most part. But this is a kid who just keeps getting it done. He keeps making great plays. His guys are in the right spot at the right time. They are in arrowhead. It is the toughest place to play in Cincinnati. He's going to find that out on Sunday night. The Kansas City Chiefs get a big win. And then we've got one more game, the Monday night game. I feel like this is going to be. You didn't pick. Oh, I didn't pick. Oh, the Chiefs. It's an easy one for me. The Chiefs. Um, They've got Patrick Mahomes. He's been phenomenal. 
the only reason he lost last week was because he played the Patriots. And he played Tom Brady, and uh, there's probably only a few people that can beat Tom Brady, and uh, his name is Nick Foles. Um, so I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Or Eli get, Manning. Or, e, or <laughs> Eli Manning. Or <coughs> Eli. Elite Manning, as some people like to call him. But we're going to talk about Eli Manning. Falcons and Giants, who you got in this one? Well, this is the Falcons' last game that they'll win for a while, um, so I hope they enjoy it. <laughs> um, it it's, it's in Atlanta, New York. They, it's just a, it's just a dysfunctional team right now. Uh, like I, I tweeted out the other night uh, on last Thursday, you know, they could just put Saquon in it, the quarterback, the running back, the <laughs> wide receiver, the offensive line, the defense, the quarter, the uh, the quarterback coach, the uh, the head coach, the um, GM, then they'd be a good team. But they can't do that. So right now the Giants are just in a state of dysfunction. They're going to stay with Eli Manning, I understand, but it's not the right move. They've got to move on from Eli. They should have done it in the offseason. Right now the management for the, the, the Giants, there, there's a there's, there's just a lot of question marks. There's a lot of question marks with the decision making in the front office, and you, you just you just have to wonder why. You just have to wonder why because it could have been a clean break. Mm-hmm. Trying not to go on a, too much of a tangent because this is just a picks video, but could have been a clean break. The Giants could have been in a different spot right now. They're not, and the the, the Giants are going to hurt all season because of it. Atlanta, they will get the win. They have got so much offense, um, just not enough defense. But I, I still don't think that that's going to lead to a to a New York victory. Atlanta win. Yeah, I am going with Atlanta as well. I wanted to pick the Giants. I'll be completely honest. I wanted to, but the last two times this season, I have picked them um, to win games this year. They have lost, so I am completely against picking the Giants. Um, for the foreseeable future, I think the Falcons go ahead and get the win over the G-Men. And, Brandon, before we wrap everything up, I want to ask you a question. So you and I, on the Primetime Podcast this week, go ahead and check it out. Um, part two should be dropping later on today on YouTube. You can catch the whole thing on uh, the Primetime Podcast blog talk radio page um, and iTunes and stuff, of course. But... We did our big board for the NFL draft. NFL draft season is officially here for MVP. And we both had Joey Bosa um, very high on our big board. Um, He decided to withdraw from Ohio State and focus on getting better for the draft. I just wanted to ask you your thoughts on that after we had recorded our big board for the primetime podcast. Yeah, Ricky, I saw that earlier today, and I think that my – sentiments would be the exact same of the tweet I saw from Desmond Howard. And that is interesting. Interesting. Uh, because it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me you know, mm-hmm. right now. Yes. You're, you're, you're injured. I, I get it. You want to really focus on the draft, but there's plenty of players that they, they are get injured and they want to focus on the draft too, but they also want to make sure that their stock is, going to stay where it is or go up, mm-hmm. you know, where we had him, it wouldn't go up because you can't go up from one, but I think this could hurt him. I, I think that this could hurt him because 
he got in what three, four games this season. And yeah, we know what he can do, but if there's another guy that comes out and just flashes for the rest of the season, what's to say that Bosa holds right there? What's to say that he holds right there? Because then he won't be able to say, and people won't have anything else to say, well, man, I mean, he came back after the injury and he continued to be really solid. Mm-hmm. Or is this like a, or is this like a Michael Porter jr. Where, yeah, he misses a, a, a whole year basically, you know, comes back for a couple of games and still doesn't look right, but still doesn't hurt his stock too much. You know, could it be something like that? I'm just really interested that he just completely with, withdrew from school to, to focus on, to focus on the draft. I don't necessarily, my, my initial reaction is I don't like the move, but, um, you know, it, it, it may end up being, being okay for him. But I also think too, is my final thought on it. And I'll get your reaction, Ricky, mm-hmm. is that he, and now in my mind, the last thing I think of with Joey, with Joey, with Nick Bosa, he was injured. He got injured. It's going to be the last thing I thought. I mean, he was good. He got injured. It's the last, the lasting memory in my, my thought of his college career. Well, he got hurt to end his college career. Never came back. The reason it's, why it's kind of a poor taste. Well, and the reason why for me, why I'm on the opposite side reaction of you, my first reaction was, all right, he gives two, two shits about the Ohio state program. And I'm not saying he should, um, you could be on either side of that if you want, but it just told me he cares about the draft and making money. And, I think this could be one where I don't think it hurts him a ton. I mean, is it ideally what you want to do? No. Um, but I don't think it hurts him a ton. He's already the number one ranked prospect in many people's minds. We saw good things from him before he was injured. And as long as he comes back for like the combine or whatever and works out well and has good performances at the combine, this could be just one of like, you know what? I am not going to do kind of related to the NFL. I'm not going to do what Earl Thomas did. I'm not going to put my work myself to come back for this year to put my body on the line to maybe re-injure myself this year before the draft. Then I'm truly fucked. Um, this is just him saying, hey, you know what? I'm worried about getting paid, um, and I know where I'm at, and it would be different if he was like, I don't know, the top 20 prospect and not the number one prospect in the draft. And that's the only reason he can do this is because he is the number one or number two, depending. There are a few people out there that put Oliver ahead of him, but he's one of the top two prospects in the NFL draft early on right now, and that would just be my quick thought on it. My 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 really final quick point Go is ahead. my thought would be, well, how bad is this injury? Is mm-hmm. he not coming back because it's going to keep him out for – plenty more weeks. I mean, how bad is it really? I mean, do, do we know? We, we, I think we thought that he was going to come back in November, but mm-hmm. if he's not, I mean, in Ohio state is a potentially as a, you know, mm-hmm. season today, they're a playoff team. Yeah. So he's not going to be part of that. He, he doesn't want anything to do with that. Uh, there's some question marks that go up in that, that go up in my mm-hmm. mind with that. I don't, I don't necessarily, like I said, original, original uh, thought, you know, automatic kind of reaction is I don't think I'm a fan of it. Yeah. And I mean the, like I said, it's probably just, Hey, you know what? I could probably come back, but 
why should I put my body on the line for this team when I really only care about getting to the NFL? But that's going to do it for the onside kick this week. Let us know what you think about anything that we talked about. Nick Bosa, our picks, Jaguars, Amari Cooper, Le'Veon Bell. Let us know down below in the comments in the comment section down below. Uh, but some housekeeping here at the end. Make sure to check out patreon.com backslash podcast to help support the channel. You can also do so by getting yourself an MVP t-shirt down below in the description as well. You can also get that at mostvaluablepodcasts.com or you can also catch MVP each and every day. And then last but not least, if you could please go to iTunes and Apple Podcasts and give the onside kick a five-star rating. It would really mean the world to us. B, I got to thank you again for double duty this uh, time on the onside kick. You filled in last week. You filled in again today. Hopefully, I get Mark back next week. Um, but I always know if Mark cannot do it, you're always willing um, to come over and talk some NFL. So I thank you for filling in for Mark this week. Yeah, thanks a lot, Ricky. I enjoyed You know, I always enjoy talking football with you. Well, that's going to do it for the Onside Kick. want to thank you guys for listening on podcast services around the world. want to thank you guys for listening on YouTube this week. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.